Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics and hardcore members of the IWC, and all you casual fans who just like your pro wrestling on the TV. Thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchum, and as always, I am joined with the man with the plan, producer Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? Great, man. Wear your mask, baby! (laughs) (laughs) That is correct, (laughs) That is correct. S.T. Jones would say the same thing if he were around today. Yeah. Doing this socially distanced because this virus just won't go away. But the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell, has joined us as well. Jake, how you doing, man? What up, though? What's good? Like the man with the plan says, wear your mask. Wear your motherfucking mask. Wear that facial right. condom. fuck y'all doing out here? <laughs> Facial condom. Uh, Shout out to my homie Big Tone for my pop for my podcast mask off. He don't want to say facial condom. I took that from him. Hmm. Mask off is a hell of a show, man. I really, I really do enjoy it. I'm loving that. It's yeah, fun. man. It's good shit. Man, you know what I'm saying. But, but yeah, you know, we started this about one year ago. You know, SummerSlam just happened, and we put out the first podcast just before SummerSlam of last year. Do y'all know that? Y'all remember? I know Bob does. Yeah. The date. So, happy anniversary. <laughs> Cheers, boy. Yeah, happy anniversary. Cheers. Are you drinking your anniversary whiskey? I am drinking the Blackened. It tastes like Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> if Metallica the worst was- era. The, the lesser era of Metallica. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And for our special anniversary episode covering arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time, we have the very funny, the talented improviser, Alex Aho. Alex, thank you for joining the show, man. Hello, hey. everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. And uh, yeah, where are your mass jerks? <laughs> <laughs> They're all a bunch of jerks. Yeah, all man. Don't wear masks or jerks. And a lot of new motherfuckers who ain't wearing masks are those all lives matters, motherfuckers? If all lives matter, where are you fucking mad? <laughs> like, what the fuck going on? Hypocrisy knows no bounds, my friends. Hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, when we have a guest on the show, we like to kind of talk about their fandom. Uh, so, when did you get into wrestling? Who's some of your favorite wrestlers? Uh, like, you know, do you remember what kind of what got you involved with it, or what got you into it? Uh, so, as a background. Yeah, so I was a big fan of wrestling age, like, I want to say 8 to 12, maybe 9 to 12, something like that. So it ended just right about uh, when this pay-per-view came out and uh, just recently got back into it for uh, reasons I'm not entirely sure of just over the last six months and have, uh, have some theories as to how I could get there eventually. But, um, but uh, yeah, so when I was a kid, I would say I got into it uh, one through friends and two through video games. I played, oh, yeah. yeah, I played a lot of um, uh, WCW NWO for N64. Uh, yeah, that was a great uh, game. I have it in my have it in my spare bedroom right now. I've been playing. Okay, it for, yeah. Uh, just, uh, which you know, which on. one? Uh, World Tour or Revenge? Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and on 64. 
or... on N64, yes. Yeah. And from there, uh, so I started with WCW more than WWF. Um, I, I did like WWF, but I'd say like it was a little like gnarly for me. Like Triple H was hitting people with sledgehammers and Undertaker was burying people alive and stuff. So I needed an adjustment period as a young child. <laughs> I jumped on that as much. Um, but, um, but starting with WCW, I'd say Rey Mysterio was one of my favorites. Uh, high-flying uh, masked dude. Thought that was cool. Um, of course, like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and those guys. Um, but yeah, I'd say I, I like the the smaller high-flying guys, maybe because I've always been a smaller guy myself. Uh, Ray Mysterio, Billy Kidman, and uh, on the WWF side, maybe like X-Pac, who is comparably small to the people he hung around with. And yeah. I mean, Rey Mysterio, during that time when you became a fan, was literally changing the game. Like, he was doing things that no one had ever seen in North America before. So it was... Yeah. Well, I mean, North, I guess the United States and Canada, I would say. Not, I, mean, I mean, of course, they saw him in Mexico. But um, it was... Yeah, I remember when he came on the scene. Like, they had... Before that, they had the cruiserweights were doing... They were such a big part of WCW. They opened every show... And they usually had the best match on almost every pay-per-view. And I think it was what, like, everything those guys were doing, the amazing matches, like, he had with Dean Malenko and things that kept WCW, yeah. like, that was so good. You were satisfied until you got to the main event where you got to see, you know, Hulk Hogan or the NWO fight whoever, which just was a lot of drama, maybe not as good of a match, but you know, Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, um, who am I? Eddie Guerrero, uh, Eddie Guerrero on, oh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio's match at Halloween Havoc. Good Lord. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Woo! That was fire. Um, but so yeah, I, I do, I, I am really intrigued though, because like you came into fandom, like at, a, at an interesting, I was like in high school, I guess. Well, I actually, I know I was right. high school, at least at this time for this pay-per-view, but, uh, so WCW was kind of like the leading show. So it makes sense that you would kind of fall into that one first. Uh, but like yeah, WCW looking, being a little bit too gnarly is interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was just a young, I was just a young kid and this was, I, this was, I mean, <laughs> certainly the most sexist era of WWF. Oh <laughs> and, yeah. And among, uh, yeah. among other stuff too. So I guess I was just, uh, uh, I think I think my mom might have been a little bummed I was watching wrestling, so WCW was my way of dipping my toe in. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I mean, I think my mom was bummed at me watching wrestling, but like when I back when it was like still really PG with like Bobby Heenan and them doing prime time wrestling. It was just two guys talking, but it was past my bedtime. Right. But I would like turn the volume down real low and like <laughs> put a sh put like a blanket <laughs> over like the crack of the door or something so light yeah. wasn't like shooting out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, st I started with that a little bit. Well, yeah, why exactly? Why, why are moms? Ah, fuck. Why exactly were they bummed again? Because it, it was sexist or just because uh, it was just, or, or... just just violent and. Okay. Whatnot. I mean, did you, I mean, we all saw what Sable did. I'm pretty sure if any mom walked in on a ten year old watching Sable walk around with handprints over her titties, it'd be like, uh, right. What are you yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. son? Yeah, my my yeah my uh like first of all, my mom used to watch wrestling herself back in like the 80s so like she didn't care me watching but like as far as like like the 
sexism and shit like that, like the women, whatever. She'll walk in and like she'll see like two like women like ripping their clothes off, and she'll like be like, yeah, whatever. You just a nasty little motherfucker, whatever. <laughs> she'll just walk out. <laughs> like that's all she did. Like like I still got shit. Like I don't know. Like my my dad used to. My dad and mom told the story all the time about how like when I watched Friday. And the part where Miss Parker was like bending over and shit, she was like, every time I walked in, you watch a Friday, it's always a part with Miss Parker bending over and shit. Like, no, what was it? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, they always try to like. That's the whole oh. movie. It's just 45 minutes of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 45 minutes of Miss Parker bending over <laughs> and Bernie Mac. Miss <laughs> Parker. Miss Parker. <laughs> You had a yeah, special the VHS, and that's the one part you can't watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got as soon as soon as that part goes, I got let me let me fast forward this for one of the motherfuckers coming here or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, as far as like the women ripping their clothes off and shit, like the w, the divas, I don't know what they call that anymore. But like uh, as far as them, like uh, my mom just coming like yeah, whatever. You know nasty nigga you <laughs> just walk out <laughs> whatever that's how it was so um catching us up to i guess let's go let's catch up to 2001 because that's what we're gonna talk about today wrestlemania 17 arguably the greatest wrestlemania of all time um jake i know you probably had a wrestlemania party i know i did um, yeah, um, not for this one. Not for this one. I, I ordered it, but I did not have a party. But, oh, so you just ordered it and watched it by yourself? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I didn't do that too many times, but yeah, for this one, I ordered it. and uh, Because this was like, uh, I, I, th this was during my ninth grade year. I did all that wrestling party shit in middle school. And ninth grade year, like, I, ain't, I ain't really know I people like that. I ain't know people. I was in a new school and I ain't know nobody. So I was like, I don't know these motherfuckers like that. So yeah, I ain't y'all. Fuck y'all. I ain't coming. Even an undercover. I got <laughs> you. Ain't coming my house. <laughs> yeah. And then like, uh, like you know, uh, I reached out to some guys from middle school to come over and watch it, but they was doing other shit. So I was like, whatever. So yeah, I just watched it by myself. All right. Well, I think we all had a period where like we weren't at least. I am. I'm glad to say like at least in modern day. I feel like it's not the same as it was where you were you weren't allowed to say you were a wrestling fan without catching shit you know i think we all experienced that at some point in time but uh it but during the attitude era though the majority of people were wrestling fans i remember my older sister uh she was in high school and i was in middle school and i was watching wrestling and she was like you gotta quit that shit before you get to high school you're gonna make me, you're gonna look like a, like a dork and you're gonna make me look bad by the time I got to high school, like the football teams doing the diamond cutter symbol and just fucking like doing the diamond cutter, like during the pep rallies and shit. And everybody's wearing NWO shirts. And she's like, you got fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Duck it was a national language. <laughs> I wish yeah. I went to your school. I wish I went to your school. No, I don't. I actually don't. But like, I got, I wish, I wish uh, people in my school was doing that shit. Oh man, it was awesome! Like, dude, like the Catholic football team was like he was a he was a really good on defense, man. He was a hard hitter. He'd crush somebody and get up on the field and just do that, do the diamond cutter symbol. Everybody, just... oh, man. <laughs> uh, it was fun. That's pretty dope. <laughs> she says I was lucky. I say I was ahead of the curve. But moving on, uh, this was actually my final WrestleMania party. Uh, I graduated oh. high school in two thousand one. Well, I guess not my final final, but. Um, I graduated high school in 2001. So this was like the last big one, like for like the childhood era. 
And I still have, I, I actually going to find the picture. I still have it in the, I have it somewhere. Um, like everybody gathered on the couch for this, this WrestleMania. Cause it was a big one. We got the rock going at stone cold for the second time. Uh, this event was really, I mean, it was really built up. It was the first official WrestleMania of the new millennium because it wasn't. We got, we, we, we got Triple H and Undertaker going at it for the first time. <laughs> this is, this is a forgotten, a forgotten match. <laughs> like, 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 cause people talk about their, their matches in the, uh, the future WrestleManias, but this is a forgotten one. And, it's not talked about as much. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, actually, that was a good piece of information because for some reason I thought they had already fought at WrestleMania once, but mm. this was actually their first WrestleMania fight. All right. Um, and the TLC match. There's, I mean, there's, this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Like, it's considered the greatest WrestleMania ever for a reason. Uh, top to bottom, the cards is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. But so, Alex. I think you mentioned earlier you didn't get the pay-per-views, but you would just watch the Raws. So going back for you and watching this, was it like a little bit nostalgic for you? And are you sad you weren't able to get the pay-per-view at a young age? Um, so I, I was, I suppose I developed a tough skin to not getting the pay-per-views as a young kid because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was nine years old and not dropping $30 a month. <laughs> but, um, but it was exciting but being an adult who got into wrestling again for some reason 18 years after I stopped, um, and it has been fun going back and watching all these things that I missed or saw highlights of on the coming episodes. Uh, certainly a lot of nostalgia for there's a lot of very 2001 stuff in this WrestleMania. I like Perry Saturn wearing a Lugs shirt <laughs> and, oh, and, a, God. and a furry and generic and hat. hat. <laughs> And yeah. I saw um, there's like signs in the audience. Someone has a sign that says all your base are belong to us. But yeah, that's, that sounds about the right year for that to be in the lexicon. Um, yeah. A lot of Limp Bizkit. Too much Limp Bizkit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. A lot, I, of, a lot of 2001. Man, I couldn't have enough Limp Bizkit back then, man. It was awesome. It was a shit. I couldn't either, but uh, I, uh, I, I soon Maybe discovered it's punk rock. And and push push that stuff aside. <laughs> I had I, I had two Limp Biscuit albums, man. I had uh, Significant Other, and I had uh, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavor Water. The 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 dumbest fucking album title in history of history. But <laughs> yeah, I had both those albums. You know, what I'm saying? I didn't know chocolate covered starfish meant butthole. Yeah, yeah it took really? me a while. It took me a while to. It took me a while. Yeah. As a young Limp Biscuit fan, I I didn't quite get it but i think by I the time i hit 24 like, like, i don't think I, th I think i just like don't give enough of a shit to really look into it i'm just like all right whatever you <laughs> call your album, whatever you want to man i'm just like right, here's this song like four five and seven that's what i'm playing over and over again fuck you all right i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i think it took me a while just to figure out nookie Nookie, <laughs> like, oh. like, like I was all about the Nookie as a like a nine, ten year old kid when that song came out. <laughs> and it wasn't until a while later that I, I caught up. Oh, that's what he was all about. Wasn't there like a Cookie Monster like thing? But I did it all for the cookie. Yeah. So you can take that cookie and stick it up your yeah, stick it up what your. Was yeah. What was that weird? Uh, didn't didn't didn't. Didn't them basically do a weird video with Halle Berry? Halle Berry was in the fucking video. Or oh something? yeah, yeah, that was for like Monsters Ball or something. 
Yeah. Uh, Behind Blue Eyes. It was for like a. Oh, it was for like that's a movie. right. It was in that uh, that horror movie she was in. That yeah okay that Pink Floyd cover. Monsters Ball was a horror. Yeah, movie? that Pink Floyd is that who it is the original? Yeah, no, I don't think it was Monsters Ball. I I I might get my, I might have my movies mixed. It up. wasn't Monsters but. Ball. It was a horror movie. I can't remember the name. But. And was he was directing it. Yeah, but Fred was directing it, and somehow uh, a makeout scene got put in. <laughs> It had nothing to do with the movie or the, the song itself. You just uh, found out a way to make out with Halle Berry. <laughs> uh, yeah, wasn't it, wait, was it Gothica or some shit? Maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, that was a horror movie. Okay. Gothica. See? Going yeah, back in time, and you know, there was some great shit going on. In two, Fred Durst was making out with Halle Berry. Gothica was a thing. You know, 2001 was the shit. Now, Gothica came out in 03. I just Googled it, but I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, 2001 did have some, a lot of, a lot of shit. Um, well, yeah, uh, 9-11 happened. That, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that was bad. That was after this. That was after this, was, this was pre-9-11. That, that, that was after this. But, uh, I don't know. Like, we usually talk about what's going on in 2001. Uh, I'll, I'll say that um, in 2001, um, one of the biggest um, beefs, one of the biggest high-profile beefs in hip-hop happened, Jay-Z versus Nas, uh, TakeOver versus Ether, uh, and I was all over that. Uh, TakeOver and Ether are two of my favorite songs ever. Um, and actually, um, Blueprint, the album on which TakeOver is on, Jay-Z's album Blueprint, that actually dropped on uh, September 11, 2001. Classic album. Really? Uh, so, yeah, that, dro- that Blueprint dropped on September 11, 2001. And um, but then still, Matic Nas's uh album he dropped that year that uh had Ether on that album that dropped in December two thousand one. So uh, yeah, that was probably like as far as hip hop goes, that was probably like the biggest shit. Uh, the the biggest shit as far as hip hop goes for that year. Also, it was an album, uh, Tupac until the end of time. It was a double album. It was like a you know. That came out oh one. I I wore that fucking album out. I love that shit. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> as far as as far as was shit going on outside of wrestling, yeah, that's what I got for you. When did the um, Eminem and Dr. Dre album come out? Uh, was that two thousand? I guess it, they, they dropped an album. Were we, were they the, the song was, uh, the, forgot about I, forgot the, about Dre. Oh yeah, oh, you talking about Crying two thousand one? Crying two thousand one came out late ninety nine. Yeah, late 1999. Oh, was it? Okay, I just remember. I just remember listening and listening to that a lot, like around that time. I couldn't remember exactly what year. All right, that sounds about right. That came out late 99, and you know, so it carried over to uh, 2000. But yeah. All right, Bob, how about you, man? Uh, any any memories from 01 at all? Uh, so I would have been at Ford for two years. I was working nights. Uh, so. Yeah, I probably would have got this because it's on Sunday and I have to and I have to work in the morning. So yeah, I, actually, I, I just probably would have just moved out of my house into my first place. So yeah, yeah, I uh, did not have a party, but I bet me and a couple of my roommates were watching this. Nice. All right. So we're all in different places, but I think we're all going to really. En- I think we all really enjoyed this, and it's going to be interesting to kind of discuss rewatching it and then any any kind of memories we have from our. Very different perspectives at the time. 
But so April 1st, 2001, Houston Astrodome, record setting crowd of 67,925 fans in attendance. Uh, Which, Jesus Christ, I. Wrestling could not get any hotter than it was. And I think after this, I think this is the peak of the mountain. And I, I, I kind of feel like yeah, everything kind of slowly started declining after this. But for now, WWF can do no wrong. I believe it's still the mm-hmm. WWE. Yeah, yeah it was still W. It, it didn't become WWE, I think, to like 02 or 03. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. So we started off, we have the great intro video of like everyone around the world watching WrestleMania. There's like the, I just remember for me, for some reason, I just remember like the old lady in Japan watching Yokozuna, like squash somebody and like Mr. Fuji waving the (laughs) Japanese flag. And she's just like, yay. Um, (laughs) But it's Freddie Blassie's voice. And like, that's just like, that guy had like the great voice for like those like things like, he might have, like, he could have, like, had a whole career after wrestling of just doing movie previews, I feel, <laughs> but never did. We opened the show, a uh, lot of pyro, a lot of things, but uh, Chris Jericho and William Regal is our, is our curtain opener, our curtain jerker in wrestling terms, I guess. Uh, it's for the Intercontinental title, and I don't think they could have started it off with two better wrestlers as far as what they could do. They had a great story going. Uh, Chris Jericho's kind of playing a lot of jokes on William Regal, who's the commissioner. And it has the uh, infamous drinking of the pee in the tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Classic Jericho. <laughs> I just thought about William Regal. William Regal's like, like his reactions to all those things was just so good. Like he, he got that it. That took two sips made me laugh so hard. Like, I'm not sure what I drank of, so I'm going to take another sip. <laughs> right? It was like the old uh, problem child thing. It's tangy, but something's wrong. <laughs> but he went back for second. <laughs> I love his um, his British uh, sophisticatedisms and how uh, that how that's such a heel move. <laughs> Something like WWF is being fancy. Um, I watched the Raw um, leading up to this uh, before I watched the pay per view. And it was the one where uh, WWF purchased WCW, where they had yeah. that bit there. And at one point when William Regal comes out, he says, tonight is all about WC Fields. <laughs> and reads a WC Fields quote <laughs> oh. <laughs> instead of talking about WCW. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> very, very clever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, uh, William Regal, I, I feel, is very underrated. I'd love to do like a just yeah. like a bonus, uh, not a bonus, but I mean, it's just a side show, like a side episode on him one day because right now he is really one of the unsung heroes. Um, yeah, he has a lot of work at NXT, and he is one of the number one recruiters for WWE. So a lot of the guys you see in NXT are guys that he's, you know, recommended get brought in. Like, a lot, like, especially when they had, like, the big rush of, like, the famous independent guys. There was a long while where there were the, – you, if you were famous outside of WWE, you weren't going to get a job. But he kind of changed that, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jericho and Regal, uh, much respect for both of them. Uh, 
say, but the, this, 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 um, I thought that this match, um, I thought it was, um, it was, it was, a, it was a decent match, but, um, I thought, but I definitely thought Jericho was underused in this, like, uh, first card match, and you know what I'm saying, like, cause like, well, um, last we we talked about last uh, when we did the last WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2000, we talked about how he was supposed to be in that main event, but it got switched around somehow or whatever. He not he ended up not uh, he ended up not being in it, and then like a few months later from WrestleMania 2000, not a few months, but probably like a few weeks later. You know what I'm saying? There was that infamous uh, match, that impromptu match he had with Triple H at the beginning of Raw, and he won that, and he, like he won the title off the fast count. The crowd went crazy, and that, and when that, and that reaction from the crowd was like proving like, yo, they Jericho is a main eventer, like he should be a fucking main eventer. He should right. be. So you know what I'm saying? So like from WrestleMania 2000, then we had WrestleMania 17 and 01. You know what I'm saying? He's like a first Carter. You know what I'm saying? He's just like. No, like no, no disrespect to William Regal or whatever. Like, like I say, it was a decent match. It was cool, but like it's just Jericho. I feel like Jericho was. It's, it's a, he's a main eventer. He he definitely was a main eventer. He, like, and the fans want that shit. You know what I'm saying? So funny. And, uh, that's up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. it's funny you should mention that because I saw when I was watching this. That's the first thing I kind of thought about. Next year at WrestleMania, he goes on last. For the, with the, he he is the uni, he is the undisputed champion unifying yep. both belts, and I it made me think like who else has ever gone from first match in one year to the next year being the show you know in the last match, yeah. and there's actually a few people, um, in later years, but I think I think Chris Jericho's case is a little unique because of the it was a one on one match and he was the Intercontinental Champion and. The others were group matches or mixed matches. But you want to take a guess? Anybody else who maybe has done this feat of going from show opener to main event in a year? Any shots mm. in the dark? I can't. I can't think of anybody off top. Um, Brock Lesnar. I can't think of anybody off top. Oh, that's a good guess. Brock Lesnar? I was about to say Brock Lesnar, yeah. <laughs> Well, Brock Lesnar, um, I think he went – Or maybe Steve Austin, like, pre and post, like, uh, 316. That's a, yeah. He wasn't a, a, he wasn't a first card. He wasn't, like, in the first one of the card, but he, like, he did, like, he did, like, a, a match with Savio Vega in 96 and WrestleMania 12, and then he went to that. Yeah, after that match. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't – he wasn't a main eventer in uh, the WrestleMania 13, but he, he was in a show stealer at WrestleMania 13. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Right. Um, well, it's kind of been a little bit different, especially now in the later years when they started doing, like, uh, the world title opening shows a lot. Uh, so that kind of kind of throws a little kink. But the main ones would be The Miz and Edge. Miz was in a tag team match, oh. tag team championship with it was Show Miz versus um, R Truth and John Morrison, I think. And then the next year, he fought John Cena as as the champion. And uh, Edge was in a, I think, a Money in the Bank ladder match. And the next year, he fought Undertaker as the champion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But after that, I think I think in the last few there might be more opportunities for it because I think the Money in the Bank 
opened up a few times and they started putting world championship matches in the very beginning just to throw things just to give it a little bit different feel. Yeah. But, but as far as like really somebody just earning their way up the card and not being a main eventer and then going to become a, a main, and then being the world champion, Chris Jericho, I think is the only one. Well, Miz, I guess you give Miz his credit to Miz as well, but Chris Jericho and Miz are probably the only two who were not world champions. Which is interesting because I'm not saying they're exactly alike, but as far as people who reinvented themselves or have found or have had to change their gimmicks here and there to refresh like their their interaction with the uh, the audience or, or or two guys who can both play uh, do great jobs playing either heel or babyface like I, I think they're both really great utility performers. Uh, Jericho being str- way stronger though because anybody who got the list over they like that 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 was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jericho is really at a point now where he can just pick a phrase, and he's he's kind of like The Rock was. It's you yeah, pick, pretty much pick a phrase and make it popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Is, anything stand out? I mean, the match didn't really stand out to me that much. Um, Chris Jericho keeps the title with the lion salt. They beat the hell out of each other like they always do. But I thought it was a good opener, and the crowd and it, it showed you showed you how ready the crowd was for this. I mean, the crowd was hot with it. So. Oh, yeah. Well, this whole WrestleMania was just a bunch of main events. The hardcore match after it was huge. The LC match was huge. The Rock Stone Cold thing was huge. Uh, Yeah, I I think that even though he may not have been at the actual top, I think it was definitely his athleticism was on par with uh, the huge bar that was. was Oh, oh, yeah. Always. Uh, Like Jericho always going to give you. He he always gonna give you all. He always gonna give you a show, definitely. Yeah, but he definitely still will under underuse in this in the, in the, in this uh, WrestleMania though. I just feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Like he he definitely was underused. I was gonna, yeah. that's all I'm saying. But yeah, he he'll get his. But he'll get he'll get his flowers on the next one. But we we ain't talking about the next one. We talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the old one joint joint. You know, he's gonna get his flowers. He's going to get his flowers. He's going to get them. <laughs> I love it. All right. So up next, we got um, a six-man tag. It's pretty short, uh, but we got Taz and the APA taking on the right to censor. And it's Bo Buchanan, uh, the former good fa- the godfather, now known as the good father, and uh, <laughs> the former adult film star Val Venus, who's now reformed with their leader and uh, manager, Steven Richards. And the Taz and APA are also joined by Jacqueline, who is probably the, one of the most underrated women's wrestlers of all time. Uh, Facts. She, yeah, that was that, Jacqueline, she, is she in the Hall of Fame yet? I, I thought she went in recently, but I'm not sure. Um, she should be. She ain't, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. But yeah, keep going. Um, now RTC was a was a parody of some censorship group called I think it wasn't an R but it was like a P. So they're like if we add one more line we can make fun of it. PPC. PMRC. Yeah, something like that. It was some group that was literally would literally count the number of times the word ass was said, the number of times uh, breasts were shown, or something was sexual on the TV. And they were like lobbying to get WWF thrown off TV because apparently it was the worst, most corrupting thing 
in America at the time. Yeah, also, uh, Jacqueline was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame on April 2nd, 2016. Good, good. She was cool. Well-deserved. She was on a... At, for that level, too, when the women wrestlers were relegated to the divas area more than to the, yeah. the wrestling area, I think that she stood out among, like, Lita in China as really um, uh, intimidating wrestlers and strong wrestlers. Yeah, that, she was uh, a wrestler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, keep, oh, sorry, I mean, because you all keep going. That's where I was at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I like yeah. I, she I appreciate you making me not have to close it out. Yeah, <laughs> just trailing uh, off. No, I, I'm no, gonna I do it a few more times throughout she, this. She, she definitely was like um like a, like a fucking wrestler. Like she she embodied it and everything. And yeah. I hate to be on like the like the on some like typical typical man like sex sexual shit but like she uh love me she 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 should have won that bikini contest at uh fully loaded <laughs> real thought <laughs> she was colder than fable she i mean fable, stable she was colder than stable she was cold you know what i'm saying she was but i, I don't know but that's that's just me you know she was saying? perfect with apa too yeah she i love I, I love oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, she had and, the perfect attitude for that yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the perfect attitude for that. It was great. Yeah. It was such a great <laughs> gimmick, being the tough guys of the tough guys. And they're my initials, too, APA. So I get to see my uh, initials. Uh, really? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh shit. What's your, what's your middle name? Paul. Paul? Okay. Damn. Congratulations, Alex. You are now APA. APA. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm, I'm going no, to send, send you some beer. I, I'm gonna send you some I beer. I, I got some. Uh, I got some homies. I need you to take care of Alex. <laughs> Alex comes in with a cigar and a bad attitude. <laughs> I, I I am very intimidating. All all five foot nine inches of me. I can't wait to like the go bars. All the goes bar go bars back open. You're just sitting at that one round table, just counting money. Like who's got money? I'll do whatever you want for it. Just smoking. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. I've been a bouncer before. I, I was I was washing bounce house. I was washing dishes at a bar in Ann Arbor and I wanted more hours over the summer and they said, "Do you want to work the door?" And I said, "All right." So I worked the door. Um there were a couple there was at least one instance where a fight broke out and I was the first on it because all the other lazy bouncers were hanging out in the back talking to the talking to the cooks and whatnot and I was out front. And so I had to break up a fight uh, between one dude who was bigger than me and one dude who was much bigger than me. <laughs> and so oh, wow. they pack, they're like on each other off the bar. I charge in saying, chill the fuck out, chill the fuck out. And it's like when in cartoons, how you see the, the cloud circling and people get uh, inducted in the cloud and it just becomes a bigger cloud. It was that. The yeah. cloud was right here. I came in and I just... <laughs> just disappeared get pushed <laughs> 10 feet back by two dudes much much bigger than me <laughs> and and by then the bigger bouncers came out to stop it <laughs> so yeah That's i have apa fun. cred yeah <laughs> I, I uh, but going back to jacqueline i always appreciated when they had they they had a female performer who was such a great wrestler that she was intimidating and a factor in matches when she would come out with the dudes. I always thought that was really cool, and it was a really great way to show 
in a time where they didn't really show that much much respect to females, which was horrible, but it's like the best they could do, uh, for lack of a better term. But I was that was really cool. Like her or China when they, or even Leah when it come out like she's a factor. We should respect her, and it's a foot in the right direction. And I'm glad they're doing more of that now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the women's wrestlers now, uh, they they should be watching some of the stuff that she did because she was awesome. She was a she was a really good wrestler, and I'm and I, and I you know I'd like to go back and watch some of the wrestling to see if she, her and China actually did have a feud because after yeah. what after China wins the women's title, and if they didn't, that was a missed opportunity, or maybe they were just trying to protect China or something because. Jacqueline probably could have, I mean, could, would have wrestled circles around China, but they both were believable, I think. So. Well, it must have been really frustrating for, like, Jacqueline, Luna Vachon, China, like, women who actually went through wrestling school to to not be able to put on Ivory, like, all these fantastic performers who didn't really get to put on a real wrestling match without some kind of caveat of, well, you also got to get into your panties, like, Motherfucker, yeah. I I can I can roll. I think Ivy said it. I think Ivy's had some. She was being interviewed and she mentioned a comment. She was like, "We could have done that. We could have done some of the matches they're doing now too." But I mean, you know, ask the girls done now to do that in a thong. You know. Yeah. And see and see how much they can get done. You know, uh, it was it it they were very restricted and it's unfortunate because there was a lot of really good performers. But I think they are getting the respect they deserve these days, which is well deserved. Uh, Moving on to respect, one of my favorite wrestlers in WCW was Raven. He did not get a really good run in WWF at all. I don't ever remember Raven having a promo. Uh, I yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I yeah, don't I was, recall. I was this too. Yeah, I but don't I always liked him. That was good too. Oh, sorry. Um, Y'all keep yeah, talking. Uh, I was done. Do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't recall him in WWE other than this match. Actually, I don't. I don't really. Um, yeah, this was a fun match, hardcore title match. Uh, Raven, uh, Kane, and Big Show. Uh, and this was it. And I, I like this match. Um, it was, it was, it, it was quick and to the point. It, it was quick and to the point. It was fucking each other up. I like and it. covered a lot of ground in the quick, quick time. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> So, somebody, things, somebody yeah. got thrown. Somebody, somebody got thrown through a glass window. This match that was awesome. That, that was awesome. <laughs> this match reminds me that every time I watch this match or think of this match, it reminds me of my cousin, my cousin Reno. Shout out to Reno. He, he probably ain't gonna listen to this motherfucker. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But like, 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 like Reno was my best friend growing up. We, we always like. uh we we every time we play like with like uh like like toys or figurines or whatever we always like some some nigga always got thrown through like some glass or whatever or whatever we always did that right. shit every time every time we watch something and some somebody got thrown through glass Reno would always just bust the fuck out laughing I remember when like The Rock got thrown through some glass like on an episode of Raw and Reno just bust the fuck out laughing like he just, and this this. Somebody get thrown through a glass window. It just reminds me of him. So shout out to him. That's, that's all I got. Every <laughs> time when Raven got thrown through that glass by um, who, who was Kane or Big Kane. Show? I think Big Kane, Show. Kane, 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 no, Kane, Kane threw him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when came through raining through the glass, I was like, what the fuck? I was, I was just bust out laughing because all I could think about was my cousin. But anyway, um, this, was a, this, this match did cover a lot of ground, like Alex said. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was a, a one point, I think, I think Raven hit Kane with like a cardboard box with packing peanuts. <laughs> and, it really, <laughs> and it really took Kane out. Kane was like head down. Hand on the head for yes. I think that's what it was, was a cardboard box of packing peanuts. But I think well. my favorite point was when they got to that cage and I forgot uh uh I think Big Show or no, someone was trying to use the lock. Big Show was trying to lock it. Yeah. Yeah, and then Kane is like he was trying to fake like it was hard to open, but he couldn't do that. It just kinda came open really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and like we spent like Two minutes, like watching this guy try to lock a cage, and then the next guy just comes to rip it open, and like your action's like, well, I guess that spot didn't work. Time <laughs> to move forward, guys. Yes, yeah, and I mean, plow through this. I mean, like, well, yeah. like Big Show trying to work a master lock is like like us trying to tie our shoes. His hands are so giant, he's just like <laughs> right. just fumbling around, and then Kane, I think, ripped the whole door off its hinges. Like. I loved two things. One, the uh, Frankenstein doll that ran that Raven randomly put in his cart of like yeah. weapons. It was it was like you know it was like <laughs> like a shovel and like some flowers and then that, just a random Frankenstein doll. I don't know what that represented or whose that was, but I, I just loved the fact that he was like, you know what, I need a Frankenstein doll in my shopping cart. <laughs> and then like the, the window spot was great. The golf cart bit was. That was great. I loved the golf cart. <laughs> While I'm quite uh, yeah. confident Raven should have was was meant to drive further, he completely lost control with the extra weight of the big show and just like yeah. ran underneath the bleachers and knocked <laughs> that fence out of place and like a and like a beam out of place, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and like, that's that was probably some repairs they had to pay for to the Houston Astrodome people. But <laughs> he's trying to like get that thing to back up or something. It's just not gonna happen. So they get up and then Kane gets the referee and hops in the golf cart to like chase him, but they've only made it like 20 yards. Luckily, like they did some really good camera work. So it made it look farther and big show and Raven kind of ran down. Uh, but I mean, it was a great hardcore match and it was better than like some of the, like what we'd seen before with like the 24 hour battle Royals and stuff, you know, it, they yeah, actually had a definitely. story and Kane gets the win when they go off the, uh, off the side of the ramp. Uh, and through the stage, the side stage, which maybe I like, I, how, the ref, I like how the referee uh, he had to like you like, know like the window or whatever to count. <laughs> yeah, to, to count. <laughs> like he yeah, was like, counting like, down like, to the I'm not climbing in this motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> One, two, three. That, that was that, that was hilarious to me. Like refereeing a bunch of matches, like a couple of matches, a match between two lobsters, and you're in a restaurant. You're just like, all right, that one. One. Two. Boom, boom. <laughs> <The one who laughs> right. The one who lost. Uh, this was a good-ass match, though, man. Like, it, it was quick, to the point. They was fucking each other up. It was just a lot of... <laughs> a yeah. lot happened. A lot happened. People get thrown through doors. A lot of walls getting dented and shit. It, it, was, it was a good match. It was very quick and, like, yeah, one of my favorite matches of the... Uh, Maybe yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, it was yeah. impressive that they got all that done, and like there was nothing that you would expect from a hardcore match that didn't happen, and they did it really, but they did it quickly, but it, but it didn't seem, it didn't seem rushed when you're watching. Also, it. Kane, 
Kane driving a golf cart is hilarious. <laughs> with the yeah. referee, with the referee on the back, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, Kane driving a golf cart is just fucking hilarious. Like you picture, yeah. like if you had a golf course and and some motherfucker <laughs> drives like Kane driving a golf cart. Like what the fuck? Like what the fuck is going uh, on? Here? It's like putting Freddy Krueger in a golf cart. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Except bigger. Exactly. <laughs> If I was, oh, that, was, that was my shit. That was my shit. That was like, like I like, I, I, I didn't realize how funny. I, I laugh harder watching this recently than than I did back back in the day when it came out. It was it was hilarious. Kane in a motherfucking golf cart. <laughs> good stuff, man. <laughs> Which once again, we got three like really entertaining, good matches, and we're just we're, they just keep coming. Because up next we got. Um, we got Eddie Guerrero versus Test for the European Championship, and Eddie Guerrero is backed by Perry Saturn, and he's still part oh, of. Oh man! And Perry oh. Saturn, yeah, his fashion sense is amazing. Wow! Lugs shirt. <laughs> Perry Saturn. Yeah, man, shirt. I, don't know, I don't know what the fuck he was doing with this one, man. That the furry hat and all that. I don't know what. I yeah. was wondering if like Lugs had sponsored been one of the sponsors or something. I was like, why is he wearing one of the Lugs? We're gonna have the Lugs replay or something. I was waiting for it, but it never happened. You know uh, what'll compliment I... this Lug shirt? The sponsors will like it. A big pink fuzzy hat. I bet mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet the sponsor will like it if I compliment this shirt with that. I'll give Paris Evan credit though. His hat is one of the few types of hats I do not own. And I'm kind of upset by that. Now I need a fuzzy hat. I need like a I need a rabbit hat. No, no, you don't. Alex, you don't need a fuzzy hat. Just leave it alone. I'm from fuzzy hat. I think Alex does need one. I think you need to visit a county fair in 1999 to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Leave the fuzzy hat. All right. Just get all right. If you're gonna get a fuzzy hat, just 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 use it in the right the right situations. That's all I'm saying, man. Uh, Jake. Name me three situations where that's the right hat. Jamiroquai virtual insanity video. Yeah, I think I think that's one, two, and three, bro. I think that's it. I think that's it. So if I ever had the opportunity to be in the Jamiroquai video. If you, if you, you, yeah, a Jamiroquai video, a Jamiroquai concert, and a Jamiroquai, like, Funeral. <laughs> oh. I was also gonna say a villain from a uh, Batman and Robin the movie. <laughs> no, no, fuck no, fuck out of here, no, yeah. Bob. No, I re I recently just watched the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. I recently just watched. Okay. The, just man, recently. Like, yeah, yeah. I I never seen them before. I just watched oh. the Dark Knight trilogy and like. I was I was impressed. Um, there were some things I was annoyed by, but uh, you know, of course, the uh, the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, rest in peace. That was the best one. That right. was my favorite one out of them. Uh, like not that. to derail us from, you know, but yeah, RB yeah. Heath Ledger, he played a hell of a okay. Joker. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> really quick, we we shouldn't we shouldn't stick on this too for too long. But have you guys seen the trailer for the new Batman? I did. Oh, the <laughs> Batman. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I did. It's I so saw good. it. Yeah, it's kind of a reboot, isn't it? And yeah, it's another reboot, so, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, but it looked good. Yeah, it looked good. But yeah, the the Dark Knight trilogy is probably my favorite trilogy of any movie, honestly. 
I think yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, Star Wars day, with the internet, yeah. but yeah. Oh, uh, who 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 playing Batman? Robert Patterson, the Twilight motherfucker. He playing um yeah yeah, yeah. the sparkly uh, uh vampire. Yeah, um, he has a movie called Good Time, which is uh pretty fucking good. You check that out. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, yeah. You should, yeah, yeah Good hey, Time's good. Yeah, it's really fucking good. So yeah, same same um, guys who did Uncut Gems. Okay. <laughs> Uncut Gems cold too. <laughs> oh shit! I want to. Uh, yeah, I want to derail the derail us, but yeah. Anyway, we're already derailed. Where's the rails at? <laughs> Dude, we got off the tracks about half an hour ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This podcast is a golf court driven by Raven right now. <laughs> We're under the bleachers and lost. With, 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 with a referee on on the back of the motherfucker. <laughs> I'm the ref. Oh shit! All right. Uh, I mean, I mean this. I mean, and honestly, this WrestleMania is so good. We could make it a two-parter, but the rate we're going, it probably will be. Uh, anywho, <laughs> back to Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat, with Perry Saturn and his fuzzy hat and lug shirt, taking on Test for the European Championship. Um. I, mean, I wanted to say my favorite moment of this match, and probably of the whole fucking WrestleMania, probably. I I'm gonna say the whole fucking WrestleMania, but one of them. Um, <laughs> I know what you how Tess, how, how Tess uh countered the Hurricanrana Randy Guerrero. He's just like it's it's like the, it's like the the most like it, it it just makes the most sense to 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 counter this Hurricanrana. He's just like every girl went for Hurricanrana. Tess Tess is like. Push this motherfucker off him, like get the fuck off me. <laughs> 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 it was a very lazy. That was funny as hell. Oh, like, yeah, right. that makes sense. Well, how come people don't do this more often? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious for some reason. I did. My favorite part of the match is when Tess got his foot caught in the ropes. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tess got hung up, and then like you see the referee go over there, and like. Perry Saturn's on, like maybe like beat him up, but then he sees the referee standing there, so he can't. And then the referee kind of comes and like Eddie see Eddie kind of like say something to him, and he's like, "No, he's really caught, man." So then Eddie just steps over and like just pulls the ropes out, and Tess falls to the ground. Like the crowd cheers, but the best part is like the look Eddie gives uh, Perry Saturn. Like he's standing there on the apron, like this shit just happened at WrestleMania, and he's just like, "Eh, what the fuck are you gonna do?" <laughs> and it was like that's the motherfucker that like I loved watching on yeah. wrestling like that Eddie Guerrero just like that look eh, you know I'm better than most and he was yeah he was he was so good as a as a heel and Eddie Guerrero was just amazing and this match actually I thought other than the, the getting caught in the ropes but um this kind of, I was impressed by Tess too. Like, you know, I don't remember him being that great. You know, he, he died way too early, unfortunately. But what, was, what an amazing life that dude had. Yeah, he was you know, a like Well, even before that, being like a, a roadie or bouncer for uh oh God, was it, uh, Motley Crue and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's seen some shit. Was that his real background story? I believe so, yeah. I thought Motley 
I thought they just introduced him that way. I didn't know that was a real thing. Oh. No, I, I, I really believe, uh, I think JR actually said that was a real thing. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I've never met the guy. I ain't his family. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Eddie Guerrero wins the, wins the uh, European title after Dean Malenko comes dressed like an extra from Hawaii Five-0. And he <laughs> interrupts the match. Dean Malenko was crispy, man. He was white boy crispy, man. Come on, man. <laughs> he was crispy. He was, he was okay. <laughs> he was wearing a yellow Hawaiian shirt tucked into tight jeans and no belt. Yeah, it was like seeing your teacher outside of school. It was he was he was he was he was 30-year-old. He was he was late 30s white boy crispy. <laughs> Whatever. He's like late thirties guy who just got divorced, going back to the bar the first time to meet a girl, Christy. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's WrestleMania. You got to dress hey, up. Hey, D Malingo will beat your ass though. D Malingo is one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, of all, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I'm just sad that like his like this WrestleMania only had him coming out in a yellow Hawaiian shirt to like. And mom jeans, yeah. mom jeans to like. You want no mom jeans? You want dad jeans and some and some and some and some Texas and some Texas boy boots or cowboy boots. I don't know what the fuck. I'm gonna wearing, find but, a picture. We're gonna we're gonna have but, this debate. But yeah, but 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 Demolingo beat your ass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. will beat your motherfucking ass. Let's just get that straight. You whoop oh. your ass. Oh, so man, fuck what you fuck what he wearing. He'll beat your ass. I fuck with what he's wearing because he'll beat your ass. <laughs> he earned it. I feel like if I, I feel I feel like I wore the same fit he was wearing in this WrestleMania, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> Dean Malenko was my favorite WCW wrestler. Period. In oh WCW, yeah. He was he was the reason I started getting in WCW, like watching his matches and like I. His, I yeah. I missed the opportunity. Uh, all the crazy go. train wrestling he used to do with Jericho and uh, uh, Malenko, like. All that stuff, just those incredible matches. How fast it was, the, the pacing, like the, the technical uh, aspects of his matches were just incredible. Events could have gotten over his height. A missed opportunity is a three way with Angle, Benoit, and Malenko. Vince, oh my God. Vince, you on that? They got to be tall and big, shit. Vince McMahon, get the fuck out of here. You underused, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko was that muck. He was that. He was that dude. He was that dude. Vince, you fucking up. You fucking up, Vince. Dean Malenko. I fuck. Dean Malenko one of my favorites of all time, dog. Like I don't give a fuck. Like he can wear whatever fucking shirt he wanna wear. He can wear whatever he want. Dean Malenko is that dude. You underuse him. Just like you underused Jericho in the beginning, all that shit. I don't know, man. My bad. I don't mean to go on a tangent, but what the fuck, man? Captain, the captain yeah. has made his presence. Listen to this podcast. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the match of a thousand holes was underutilized. That is, that is without a doubt a fact. Why uh, your son beat your ass, Vince? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> well, speaking of the dream three-way match between uh, Kurt Angle and and Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Up next, we have the one-on-one versus Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Oh, before we get to this, though, i like to mention, uh, right before this match, we, it would have been our third vignette where we got to see the classic uh, WWF New York restaurant. 
which is just amazing. Yeah, I oh, took that uh, in. Okay. I never, I don't remember that. How long was that oh, around? Oh, yeah, not long, not long. But they used to do, I think actually they used to have like wrestling events in there, like Sunday Night Heat or something. No, they would and... have, um, they would have wrestlers there every time they had a show. Yeah. So, and at that time, it was almost As... four days a week. So there'd be like a wrestler there. You could go meet a wrestler and like hang out, watch and drink. Um, I think uh, this David time was Blaine, yeah, Jimmy Snuka was there. Um, yeah, he was like, I would kill for a hamburger. <laughs> oh, he did that. <laughs> yep, you went there. By the way, now there. let's talk about the Chris Benoit match. <laughs> oh, god damn. Oh. All right, we're dying here. Um, <laughs> Here's Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Now they and and another thing about this WrestleMania that they did so well was like they they even if you hadn't been watching, they gave you the story. Uh, they kind of had a vignette briefly with uh, Kurt Angle watching the old like the clip from like a week prior on SmackDown, I believe, where he was tapping out and he's not believing that he tapped out and he's trying to talk to Edge and Christian and he didn't tap out. Um, I'm ignoring you. Ignoring you, Bob and Jake. <laughs> oh, Jake just snuck back into the camera so bad. <laughs> and I saw him leave. I didn't think he was sneaking back in. I just thought he was coming back. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're no, all right. Good. I all right. Good. <laughs> Here we go. Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle, they've got, got a, doing, doing a good job of telling the story. Um, the argument is who is the better technical wrestler in the WWF at the time? This is kind of like the first big installment of their rivalry that would, you know, they, they would have one of the best matches in Raw history uh, after this. They would go on to be forced into a tag team that would be one of the best tag teams in SmackDown history. Uh, yeah. but this is kind of like the beginning of that. And it was all about bragging rights as far as who is the better submission and technical wrestler. And after everything we've seen, I think this is like the perfect timing for that because it's going to be a mat kind of classic. And there is the story. They gave some background to it. So everybody knows what we're going into. And these two guys could put on a show, man. It's unfortunate. Oh, that yeah. Never doing it for the title, and it's unfortunate everything that's happened uh, outside of the wrestling ring. But Th this was the best wrestling match of the fucking card. This Those first few minutes where everything was on the ground and super yeah. fast was oh really yeah, it felt yes. yes, this is the best. Pure fucking wrestling match of the fucking card. No, I'm yeah. saying fuck all the other bullshit, all the hardcore and all the other shit, whatever. This was the best, like just yeah. just skill against skill. This was the best shit of the card. This is one of my this this I I I, I love. Like I like back then when I saw it in 01, I liked it, but I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it like how I appreciate it now. This was a right. great fucking match. It was. When they did, like, what was that, the best wrestling match uh, 
uh, Edge versus uh, Randy Orton, I thought this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, this is what I wanted. Like something mm. that would look more technical, more. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with Jake. Like I didn't appreciate the, it, this as much as I did, did now. But holy fuck, it looked incredible. Yeah. These guys were known for Chris. And, and the best, the most important things, some of the important things to remember here is Kurt Angle still very, very new. And oh, he yeah. and he's just that damn good. He just took to it, you know. He he was a natural at. He became a natural pro wrestling, and he had the legitimate background. He and he was so good on the mic, playing that that cheesy character because that's what it. You know, when you're in the when I guess kind of when you're maybe when you're in the Olympics, that's what you think you should be the guy on the Wheaties box. Like, come on, kids, let's sing the ABCs and eat your vitamins. And he he's just <laughs> so good. All you Texas hee haw yahoos. Take off the cowboy hats. You're not six years old anymore. You know, it, that, 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 that is my favorite Kurt Angle where he just thinks he's ripping into you, but he's just so corny. And, but like when he gets in the ring, though, everyone knows he's legit. And Chris right. Benoit, his entire character is legit. He wasn't the best on the mic. He couldn't give you like a long, dramatic promo, but he'd give you a pro wrestling promo. And that was, I'm coming here to whip your ass. And he was very believable at that, you know. And man, they started off like 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 we just said, like the Greco-Roman wrestling, and they're just and it's just like a real wrestling match, just trying to beat the other person until we get to the story part where Kurt Angle gets frustrated and he starts making it a brawl. And then we, you know, and. Feel free to chime in here, guys. Anything that stuck out to you in the match, but I thought the story was excellent. Um, two of my favorite wrestlers. But um, I, I think it was very solid enough that I think when something's good, you don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just watch it. it. Yeah. Of how how uh, how well it works. Yeah, if I had to pick three from this event to recommend to everybody, this would be in that list. Definitely. Um, just even like how they were like, uh, what'd you say, Alex? I said, even though they had better matches together later on, this would be, this would be one of those top three matches that I would say from this event to watch. No, 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 definitely. This, this one showcases like how great wrestling can be just without all the bullshit, all the notice qualification, all the hardcore shit all that throwing throwing motherfuckers through tables and shit and announcement tables and shit, like pure wrestling. This shows how interesting, how like like intriguing and how fun just watching two technical wrestlers go at it. And that's and and and, and they 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 deliver and this is uh, this is a this is as far as like this WrestleMania, this is an underrated match. And this is definitely in like top three for me. This was dope. Like watching this, how they counter each other's like submissions and all that shit. It was just, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, rest in peace, Chris Benoit. Um, and Kurt Angle. Shout out to Chris. Uh, shout out to Kurt Angle. It was a great match. It's de- definitely top three up there for me. Yep. In this WrestleMania. Oh definitely. yeah. Yeah, and I honestly believe, like, if it wasn't for all the the tragic events that happened, you know, that involve Chris Benoit, uh, yeah. this would be part of, like, Kurt Angle's, like, package when they show, like, him, you know, doing his thing. Because it was, like, a 
it was a really smart move for them to do this kind of match when he was still kind of green and just show off like, oh, this dude's legit. Yeah, and still make it an interesting story. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah, and I, I think this is one of the moments where everyone realized that Kurt Angle is really next level. Because he can hang yeah. with because he can hang with Chris Benoit and everybody knows how le- and everybody knew how legit he was. Um and the story these two guys had throughout their careers together was really which was, was just amazing. Like I, I we gotta do that raw match with them one time with like Kurt Angle doing the moonsault off the cage and then Chris Benoit doing the headbutt off the cage. I mean it Woo! It's one of those it's it's just a yeah. highlight reel. Um up next though. We have a change of pace, and we go into another story-filled match that is Ivory of the RTC taking on China for her, and China's actually going after the women's championship for the first time in her career. Sorry, uh, did we mention who won the last match? Oh, I'm sorry. No, we didn't actually. Yeah, the Kurt Angle wins the match with a roll-up, but he did not do a submission. And kind of one of the points of the story was whose submission hold is better, who's a better submission wrestler, who's a better technical wrestler. Uh, so Kurt Angle gets the win, but afterwards, when he's in an interview, Chris Benoit attacks him, throws him in the cross face, and Kurt Angle's tapping on the concrete, um, which, can, right. which which lets you know that this story, that, that their rivalry is not over. This is just the beginning of this. And, 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 and that's things I appreciate with, like, technical wrestlers because, like, you know, when most wrestlers, you know um, – they do a finisher and then they win the match. But just like I, I, I love when like, like people win without they finisher. They do shit like, 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 like a like a schoolboy or a small package or just some type of counter type of a counter to like pin them or some shit. That shit I appreciate. It's like oh that, that, that's how you got them. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. like the finisher is too formulaic and it, it, it can get boring at times. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I appreciate like guys like Chris Benoit, Bret uh, Hart. Uh, 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 Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, and it's, it's all them technical guys. You know what I'm saying? Even the, even even the guys that can get technical that aren't necessarily technical, like Shawn Michaels or you know what I'm saying, whoever. You know what I'm saying? That could. You guys, haven't seen, you guys haven't seen SummerSlam, have you? No, I haven't. Seen, I, I ain't seen it. You talking about this year? Not yet. Yeah, this year's. Uh-huh. Never mind then. Okay. All right. All right. We let, let let's do another let's let's do another episode for this one. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> just just remember that comment, Jake, because uh, it might come back up again. Um, okay. So up next, we got a uh, China taking on Ivory for the women's title. Uh, it's China's first time going for the women's championship. She's been in her career before this, primarily wrestling with men. Um, She's coming back from an injury. The story is about her. Uh, she's had a, a neck injury. Um, I can't remember how legit that was. I know she did have some surgeries at the time. Uh, but, I mean, she came out yeah, like a million Sometimes bucks. they would say she's, she's like, uh, God, she was getting, like, uh, like knee surgery and when she was actually getting cosmetic surgery. Yeah. And I think this is the time they were doing that. She was trying to soften up her look, and which sucks, man. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she like honestly, she looked great. 
yeah. like this is probably the best she looked like for in my opinion, I think this is a, probably like the best she looked as far as like a like a wrestler. Um she got a huge ovation that the crowd was ready to see her again. The match was quick, like it should have been. It was basically her just getting her final revenge and winning this women's championship belt from Ivory, who's also a Hall of Famer now, but again, an underrated person in the history of women's wrestling. Uh, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, it it did. It, there was a story they were telling, and they told it. You know, uh, China getting her revenge. You, I mean, and is anything that st- really stands out? Did you guys want to bring up at all, or I no? China's uh, outfit. I think that prior to this, she was doing the black leather thing, and I, I dug the uh, the sparkly the sparkly stuff. It was a change in character for China. I feel like. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more like face kind of. Yeah. A little more feminine. And, 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 okay. Is this also when she came, like, her entrance with the bazooka? Is this the year she started doing that? Because I also, I also dig that, too. Like, Yeah, she had the bazooka, getting, like, she had the bazooka for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, China, China, was a, China was a big star. I mean, hands down. Like, the crowd, you can tell by the reaction from the crowd when she came out. Like, this wasn't, like, something that they were going to go get a drink during or go get popcorn during. Like, they wanted to see her. So... Props to China, and she wins the women's title for the first time. And honestly, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't remember how or who would ever get the damn thing off of her. <laughs> but uh, it's like giving the title to Andre. Who's going to beat him for real? Right. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um. Now we hit one of the, like the I guess what you would call one of the, like the primary, uh, one of the sub main events. We have Shane McMahon versus Vincent Mann in a street fight. And there's a whole lot of story for this one. <laughs> Do you want, I guess I should give a synopsis for anybody who hasn't been keeping up, but Vincent Mann was caught cheating and uh, Linda was going to like, you know, take part of the company and divorce him. So instead of doing that, he drugged her and put her in a comatose state while he could philant with uh, Trish Stratus. And at some point in time, Stephanie got jealous of Trish taking her daddy's attention. So then Trish tried to turn her dad against Stephanie, uh, which she thought she had done successfully. However, she did not. Vince McMahon made her like get on her hands and knees and bark like a dog and then lick his feet. Uh, so now Trish is a subservient to Vince and Stephanie and also maintaining the well-being and medications of his comatose wife. For which Shane, the son, is very angry. And now he's going to beat the shit out of his father for comatosing his mother. Um, and we have the match. With Mick Foley, the commissioner of Raw, as the special guest referee. I believe I covered it. Also the WCW purchase. Of Shane purchasing WCW under from Vince. Oh yeah, the raw prior to this, correct? Yeah, yes. and the week and yeah, the week before WrestleMania, Shane McMahon had purchased WCW, uh, which was a bit of an add-in. I mean, it was clearly just a bit yeah. of an add-in, but regardless, <laughs> it worked. Um, I just want to shout. I, I just want to shout out Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, when he wrestles, he always got the flyest sneakers 
on when he's when he when he's wrestling, man. Uh, he was wearing the Nike SE trainers, the Bo Jackson joints. He was wearing those in this match. He uh, same man. Shout out to you, sneaker like like you a true sneakerhead. Shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? Like he had some cold ass sneakers in this match. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. Jake, you have always done a great job of keeping up keeping us up to date with the footwear. Um, and I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I, really, I actually do because I I never would have fucking caught that. Um, oh, I, I catch it all the time. I catch it all the fucking time. <laughs> so Shane, um, uh, so it's like kind of Mick is quasi biased. Uh, for he's helping Shane. He wants to help Shane, but he's gonna try to call it down the middle. Um, in the match, we have a few big events um so it's a street fight of course because mr man's not a wrestler shane's not a true wrestler but you know he's much better than vince but we have we have a lot of uh interference with stephanie and then trish turns on stephanie and vince and chases stephanie out of the out of the ringside leaving linda comatose in her wheelchair while Shane and Vince fight. Um, Shane is taken out by missing the big elbow drop a la Shawn Michaels from the turnbuckle to the table. Uh, then Vince I have and- a note. Yeah, go ahead. I have a note about that. I feel uh, this may just be my bad memory from a long time ago, but I felt like they often went for the Spanish announce table before that the, is not incorrect. the main announce table. And I just think if you need to explain systemic racism to a WWE fan, I think that's a good way to do it. <laughs> it was common knowledge. Yes, Alex. Alex. Yes. Yes. Yes, Alex. Yes. Yes. And they both the second one. The, the most basic job in pro wrestling is the Spanish announcer. Yeah, yeah. That WWE, that's how you do it. If you want to really show support to like minorities, <laughs> fuck, fuck up the English and I'll take first. Let them have fuck up the English and I'll take first. We need to do like a montage of the Spanish commentary when all of it, like when Mick Foley fell off the cage onto him and like oh, Shane fell on him. Oh, yeah. And just like, there's got to be just a series of just expletives in Spanish just out there somewhere. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> no warning. Like, Hugo and, like, Carlos are just fucking diving out of the goddamn way. Like, Hugo got hurt when Mick Foley fell. Like, he busted up his knee and shit. Like, the yeah, because Zika got that whole rail and everything. When he yeah. Landed, it was, I yeah. mean, they're literally diving over the rail into the crowd half the time. Because they, they can't go forward <laughs> because somebody's coming at them. Uh the Spanish uh, Jerry Lawler made the joke, but I mean it was very true. For like a good five years, there the most dangerous job in wrestling was the Spanish announcer. <laughs> so uh, the Spanish announce table gets taken out twice in this pay per view, but the first time is when Shane drops an elbow. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing at this the whole time now because I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the setup they do later on. They just steal like an extra from the TLC and put their monitors on it, and then Triple H uh-huh. falls on it and just crumbles again. Just like fuck you, you don't get a table. Exactly. <laughs> you have to look at your monitors on the ground. Oh. Uh, but anyways, uh, the I mean, this is a great. I mean, it was a good street fight. Uh, 
besides the uh, Spanish announce table, uh, yeah, it it wasn't a great wrestling match, but it was like it just it it was a great soap opera match. Yeah, it, this was this was the that's true the drama, I guess. The can't I thought the the jump from turnbuckle to turnbuckle with the trash can was awesome. No, no. oh yeah, awesome. we got it. That, that that was yeah. the that was the move of the night, definitely. Oh yeah, because that's the first time he did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rob Bam Dam had done it in ECW. Um, but much like myself at the time, I had never seen it before. So it well, was it was mind blowing. I've seen it before, but I never seen Shane do it before. That <laughs> was the point I was about to make. Yeah. Exactly. 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 I had he, never he seen can it be he can be an exciting wrestler at times. He, I think that the, uh, the McMahons, I think they do a great job of making them look like wimps with the suits on. And then they take them off and you realize, Oh, these guys are actually really buff. And, um, and, and Shane, I mean, he's jumped off the Titan Tron and stuff like that. I, he'll, he'll surprise you. Yeah. Uh, Shane is definitely a, a better athlete than, you know, he was giving, it's, it's because of the world of wrestling, he started off as like a lackey and a manager. Mm-hmm. So, right. and in the world of wrestling, like you either start off as like this tough guy who's a wrestler or you're like not as tough. So like when Bobby Heenan, who's a manager, would get punched, like it would like knock him six feet versus a wrestler could take a punch. So it's kind of hard to make that bridge going from outside to inside, right? Uh, yeah. But Shane did it. But, but Shane earned his stripes, man. He took he did some crazy shit, and like, yeah, going coast to coast was amazing. Uh, the Lind, I, lo- I I remember the Linda McMahon part vividly from my childhood. Yeah. Before I when I, before I even hit play, I remember like Linda McMahon getting so he Vince McMahon is just gonna be so dastardly. I want to watch you. I want you to watch me beat your son. That's what he says, and he. Picks Linda up out of her chair, throws her in the ring, gets a folding chair, sets her in it in the corner, and then proceeds to whip Shane's ass with multiple trash cans. He's like, do you like it? Do you like this? And then he turns around. Linda stands up, and the crowd goes ape shit because they're ready for yeah, it. She that was, was a great moment. Yeah, she was faking it. Uh, in storyline, you come to find out that Trish, because she had betrayed the McMahons earlier, had stopped giving her the comatose medication. Um, Vince turns around in shock. She kicks him squire into balls. He falls down. Mick Foley and Shane proceed to whip ass, and then Shane goes coast to coast to a plethora of flash bulbs. And Shane gets the victory, gives mom a big hug. Again, that coast to coast shot is like an iconic WrestleMania moment. Definitely. Um, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Shane doing that shit in the in the fly sneakers though. That, that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I see Shane, I'm I'm looking for footwear for first. <laughs> so it's just, and being able know, to do that shit. period. You know, standing on I mean, you know, you stand off the turnbuckle and you're standing on that rope and then you're just jumping. You know, that's yeah, exactly that's eighteen feet. That was the moment. That was the moment of the show. That was the moment of WrestleMania, definitely. That was the best move of the fucking show. I'll argue that, but we'll definitely. get to that later. I think the TLC uh, match has some good ones. Well, yeah, yeah, true, true. I'm just talking about for who it was who did it. Shane, it's Shane we talking about. 
I yeah. think I feel like it was very yeah. unexpected. I I agree very with that. I'll give you best move from a non-wrestler. <laughs> true, true. Bob, I think yeah. if we're gonna make this a two-parter, this would probably be the best part to do it at. I agree. So, do you guys want to keep on recording, or do you guys want to meet up next episode? That's how good I am, Bobby. You are good, and this WrestleMania is just too damn good to get done in one single episode. I mean, I've got to admit it. Alex, I hope you can stay around for one more time and come back and join us again for another episode on this one because we've got to finish up. We've only gotten to the first main event, and there's so much more to talk about. But until next time, guys, you can check out Alex Ajo with the disaster class on the DigiBits competition. Videos are hilarious, and they're on Go Comedy Improv Theater's Facebook page. Uh, Bob, Jake, anything to plug? Wear your mask. Wear your motherfucking mask. Mask off every Friday at 9 p.m. on Planet uh, streaming uh, platforms. And box in with friends uh, every other week on, at 8 p.m. on Planet streaming platforms as well. And Alex, uh, yeah. I want to thank you again for being on the show. And just, uh, I don't know if I forgot anything. Is there anything else you would like to plug while we got you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I've been watching uh, that show. Uh, um, I may destroy you on HBO. Watch oh, that. How's that? Okay. That's, good. That's fucking that. good. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Don't just plug your stuff. Plug everything. I like it. <laughs> and uh, and thank you for having me. I am, It's fun to get back into wrestling after not doing it for a long time and to have oh, yeah. an outlet to talk about it with people because I have absolutely no one else to talk about it with. <laughs> so thank you for having me. That's how we're all friends, my friend. Um, Alex, we're going to have you again uh, for the part two of WrestleMania 17, arguably the boat of wrestling or the goat, whichever one you want to choose, best, greatest, who cares. But until next time, y'all, my name is Alex Ketchum. I'm Bob Wick. Jake Russell. Alex Ajo, thank you for having me. And we'll be going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at gabbermedia.com. See you guys next time.